0: Welcome to the Lord's house will you stand with us Let's see.
1: was glad when they said to me, let's go to church. Eh? And here we are in the Lord's house. Thank you for being here. Second service. For those of you watching online, we welcome you. Uh, we already had a service at 9 o'clock, and it was fantastic, so y'all are going to have to be on your game, all right? Second service. Are you? Are you with me? Fantastic. Let's stand up. We're going to pray and welcome one another. Let's stand up and pray together. Heavenly Father, I do love you. Thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. I pray that you would bless this service. I pray, dear Lord, that as we sing praises to your name and lift up the holy name of Jesus, that you would shine on us. Lord, as we look into your word today, I pray that you would teach us and train us, make us into the people you've called us to be. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn around and say hi to somebody, would you? All Good deal, thank you, you can be seated for a moment, good deal, we've got the Barnett's coming up here with the whole crew, oh my goodness, y'all step up a little closer right here because I want Miss Ella Jane front and center, there you go, fantastic. Uh, for those who, who don't know, uh, Whitney is uh, Angie and my oldest daughter, and uh, if you ever wondered what Whitney looked like as a little girl, she's right here. Not only in the way she looks, but in her personality as well. And uh, if you've ever wondered what I looked like when I was 11 months old, almost 12, here he is right here. My little grandson, Archer Graham. And today we've come to uh, dedicate Archer to the Lord. Uh, Tyler's mom and dad, Jeff and Lisa are here. My mom and dad. Oh, Hey, Zane, good to see you, bud. Glad you made it in for this. And, and of course, Miss Angie. Uh, Tyler and Whitney, here's the, here's the awesome thing, and Johnny, you know this, God, God makes every little kid special. I mean, it's like he hand-stitched every one of them. And what, what is amazing to me is that you can have the same mama and the same daddy, and you can have two totally different kids. You know that? You know, it, it's, it is amazing. They're, they're just different as daylight is from dark. Yesterday, we had Archie's birthday at the house, and it was such a great celebration. We had cake and, and birthday gifts, but you know who the center stage show person was? You know who it was all about? This one right here. She put on a show for us, and it was a great show. And little Archie, he was happy just to sit back and watch his big sister put on the show. But God God made us all different. We're all so different. Whitney and Tyler, you you already understand this. You know that, uh, that Archer's personality, his emotions, and his mind is very unique. His DNA is special because God made him special. I know that Archie was deliberately planned, specifically gifted, and lovingly positioned on planet Earth by our master creator himself, God. Archer is fearfully and wonderfully made. And so, uh, Tyler and Whitney, you need to celebrate the uniqueness of this one because even though he's only one year old, you're not going to have him much longer. Uh, They grow up way too fast, don't they, church? Uh, I want to share with the congregation a passage of Scripture that Tyler and Whitney picked out, and they pray over their kids every night. It's a passage from Colossians chapter 1, and here's what it says. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all of his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. What a great prayer to pray over your kids every single night. So Whitney and Tyler, I applaud you and I encourage you to keep praying that prayer over our precious grandbabies. In presenting Archer for dedication... You guys signify not only your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but also your desire that Archie come to know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior and find, follow, and finish God's good, acceptable, and perfect will in his life. So, Whitney and Tyler, in order to do this as parents, you need to teach him the Word of God from the very beginning. You need to watch over his education that he not be led astray. You need to direct his youthful mind to the Holy Scriptures And his, I'm going to say, I was going to say little feet, but his big feet to the (laughs) Lord's house to restrain him from all harmful associates and habits and as much as lies within you to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So Whitney and Tyler and family, if you commit to doing this for Archer, say, we will. And church family, I know you don't get to see them all the time because they live in Dallas, but they're here quite often. And when they do come, will you come alongside Whitney and Tyler and assist them in teaching Archer the ways of God so that he can find, follow, and finish God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for his life? And if so, say, we will. Fantastic. Right before we dedicate him to the Lord, i got a couple of things uh, for you guys. Whitney, this is a beautiful certificate. We've given one to Ella Jane. Now there's one for Archie. And hey, buddy. Here's a letter that I've written to you, and when you turn 18, I want you to open this and read it, okay? It's from me to you, and I signed it Poe, all right? And I'm reminding you what you did today, and if you've not already, I encourage you to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So keep that in a safe place. And Tyler, I'm going to give this to you. It's a little blue Bible with Archer's name on it, and I charge you to teach him from the Word of God, all right? Hey, buddy, come here. Come here, big guy. Oh, come see Pope. Oh, what a... Oh, my. There went my back right there. I'm just kidding. He is a big guy, isn't he, Johnny? He's a good-looking boy. We sure do love you, my man. You're a good boy. And I dedicate you to the Lord. And Archie, it is my prayer that you come to know Jesus and that you live for him, okay? And do his perfect will in your life. Johnny, would you pray over him?
2: Heavenly Father, so thankful, Lord, for... Archer, God, so thankful for what a wonderful little boy he is. Lord, we know he's fearfully and wonderfully made. You took your time with this one. He's great, and we're so thankful, God, for him. God, we just lift him up. we so thankful for his parents, the godly parents that he has. Thankful they were brought up right, Lord, so they know how to teach Archie. Thank you, Lord, for him today. We ask you to bless him again, that he'll grow up and follow, Lord, what he's been taught. We ask you to bless his uh, unique and wonderful family, God, as they all uh, gather around Archie to help him to Grow along with Ella Jane. And we thank you for him in
1: Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Church, give Archie a big old hand. Would you clap, buddy? Clap your hands. Oh, my goodness. All right, you can go to Mama. We made it. it. Yeah, we made it. Fantastic. Ella Jane, you did super, and I love you so much. Church, thank you for being a part of our dedications. Uh, Since COVID is over, we started dedicating babies back to the Lord. Uh, Make sure that you dedicate your baby to the Lord and teach your child in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. You keep having babies, and I'll keep dedicating your babies, all right? Stand up. Let's continue to sing and worship God together.
3: you say that I am? When I think of myself, I know exactly what you see. Every flaw, every blemish, the scars of my hurts and my mistakes, the things I've done to myself, the things that have been said and done to me, that's who I am. You see a mother, a daughter, sister and aunt, you see the scarce shadow of a woman's potential irreversibly wrapped in failure. But then I hear it. That still, small voice. Who told you that? Who told you that you are defined by your mistakes? Who told you that you are ugly? broken? Who told you that you are only measured by what you give others? Who told you that brokenness and frailty are what you carry? Haven't you heard? You are not what everyone says you are. You are who God says you are, and you are His. He says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says you are a perfect design. A purpose made for a destiny and you are never alone. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He goes before you. He goes behind you. He says you are bold. He says you are brilliant. He says you are brave. He says greater is he that is in you. You are a masterpiece hand-painted by the master himself. You are who God says you are.
0: Who am I that? Th-
2: Please meet us wherever
1: Team, give God a big hand right now, would you? Appreciate you being here today. And uh, again, those watching online, thanks for watching. I'm in a summer series entitled 10 Values to Build Strong Families. Our families are under attack. Uh, The the devil has us in his sights, he's doing everything he can to destroy your family from the inside out. And so we've chosen to look at the 10 commandments. Ten Values That Can Help Your Family Not Only Survive But Thrive In These Difficult Days. Today we're going to talk about taking God seriously. Paul Dickinson wrote a book some years ago simply entitled Names. Uh, He has a hobby of collecting strange and unusual names. Uh, In fact, he he said in his book that, that sometimes a person's name can even be prophetic. For example, back in 1941 there were two men who were uh, put to death uh, through electrocution in the electric chair from the Florida State Penitentiary. And their names were Will Burn and Frizzle. <laughs> Come on, people. That's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, not long ago, <laughs> this is going bad right now. Not long ago, there was a window washer from Montreal who, while washing windows in this tall building, fell to his death. You know what his name was? Will Drop. Oh boy. Come on, that's funny, isn't it? Oh my goodness. Others, he says, seem destined for certain occupation. This next guy, Joe Bunt, became a baseball coach. That's good, isn't it? The next guy, Dan Druff, became a barber. Now you're getting into it. And this next guy, Jeff Treadwell, became a podiatrist. All right. There, there were two guys who became uh, partners on a police force, and they were, go forth and catch them. <laughs> I like that. The next two guys became business partners in uh, church furniture, O'Neill and pray. <laughs> oh, my land, y'all are tough. And then this last guy, and we're going to end with him, he was a plaster contractor. Will Crumble, I don't know that I would hire him. How about you? What, what is in a name? Well, when it comes to God's name, God says, there is a whole lot in my name. And there's a lot God wants you to know about his name. That brings us to the third commandment, Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 7. Here's what God said. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, here's what commandment number three is basically saying to us. Don't misuse the Lord's name. Whatever you do, don't misuse God's name. Now, you're probably wondering, why is God so serious about his name? Well, God says that your name represents three things about you. It represents your reputation, your character, and your authority. First of all, your name represents your reputation. You've heard people say, well, he's just making a name for himself, haven't you? Uh, When somebody has a good reputation, they say, he's got a good name. Or if they have a bad reputation, you say, they've got a bad name. And when I say a name, you automatically think of that person's reputation. Uh, Angie grew up in a little bitty town northeast Arkansas called Corning, about 3,000 people lived there. The, the first time I went to Corning and was hanging around in her house and around town, they would make reference to people or names, and they would say, well, they're uh, and then they would list their last name. They're uh, and I said, what's up with that? Why, why do you keep saying that about people and, and claiming they are a uh, and use their last name? She says, well, in a small town like Corning, you're known by your name." You're known by your family, whether it's a good name or a bad name, a good reputation or a bad reputation, which led me to ask the question, well, how are the Archer girls known? (laughs) And then it went, you know, where it went after that. Anyway, it represents your reputation. Number two, a name represents your character. You see, what you are cannot be separated from what your name is once it's identified together. Many times in the Bible, when somebody changed their character, their life changed. And when their life changed, God changed their name. He gave them a new name. For example, Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel. Simon became Peter. God would change their names because your name represents your character. And then number three, your name also represents authority. God says, don't misuse my name because when you use my name, it represents authority. For for example, when a policeman stops someone, they don't say, I stop you in the name of Bugs Bunny. No? They say, I stop you in the name of the why? Well, because there's authority behind that name. Tonight when you're eating dinner around 5:30, 6 o'clock, and you have a phone call, you look at your cell phone, and there is a name on there, Asa Brown. You think, well, I don't know Asa Brown. Asa Brown can wait. I'm not going to talk to Asa Brown. Who's Asa Brown? And you totally forget about it. But if that number is 501 and the name is Asa Hutchinson, (laughs) you might want to take that call because he's the governor of Arkansas. Names have a representation of authority. God says when you misuse my name, it's not just a little deal. It's a big deal. Because when you misuse my name, you are defaming my reputation, my character, and also my authority. You are using my name flippantly, and I don't want you to do that. So here's where I want to go this morning. Let me talk just for a few minutes about ways that God's name can be misused, ways that we can take God's name in vain. And when we think about misusing God's name, we usually think of swearing or cussing and coupling God's name with a cuss word. But there are many, many other ways you can misuse God's name other than swearing. I've funneled it down to three ways we can misuse God's name. So just hang with me as we go through these. Number one, you can misuse God's name when you use God's name to insult someone. This is done through profanity or, or through swearing to express irritation towards someone else. Somebody once said that if cussing and cheating were crimes, then golf should be illegal. <laughs> because there's a whole lot of cussing and cheating going on on golf courses. Now, I don't golf nearly as much as I used to, but I used to golf quite often, and I would go over here to Ben-Garren, and if I were by myself or somebody else was with me, and it was just a small group, they would pair us up with other people that that perhaps we didn't know that I had never met before, and that's happened to me numerous times. And I can't tell you the number of times when I've been paired up with somebody that I didn't know and we teed off on hole number one. By the time we got to hole seven or eight, I had heard from that person every curse word that has ever been said repeatedly. And about hole eight or nine, they would inevitably ask me the question, and so what is it you do for a living? I loved it. I loved it. And I would say, Well, I'm, I'm a preacher. And I would he- I've heard this, Gary, I don't know how many times. Well, bless the Lord. I'm a deacon over at so and so Baptist Church. And I'm thinking, You got to be kidding, man. I'm glad they didn't say it at Kavanaugh Church, huh? Are you with me? I remember a wife who told her husband, Honey, what what took you so long getting home? He was a a farmer. She said, did the wagon break down? And the farmer said, no, no. On the way home, I saw the preacher walking down the road, so I asked him if he wanted a ride, and from that point on, the mules didn't understand a single thing I said. (laughs) Just let that sink in for a second, and I I think you might get it. America has become the most foul-mouthed nation in our world. Today, a movie is not going to sell unless there's cussing in it. A movie could be rated G, but they're not going to keep it G because people aren't going to go see a G movie, so what do they do? They just throw a bunch of cuss words in there, and it becomes a big hit. They intentionally add profanity so that people will come and watch it. Books and magazines and TV are filled with profanity. You can't even watch commercials anymore Because they use profanity. Why? Why Why do people swear? Well, obvious reason is a lack of emotional control, but the main reason they do it is to impress other people. You know what I'm talking about. When you were a little kid, and the first time you swore, you thought you were big stuff. Really, think about it. But the fact is, weak people have to use big words... To impress others. I hate to use this word from the pulpit, but I'm gonna use it right now because it fits. Any idiot can swear. It takes no intellect, no IQ, no education. You can teach a four year old to cuss, even a bird. It doesn't show your maturity, your manliness, or your liberation. And I hate to use this word as well, but it fits. Swearing is stupid. But you know what? We do it. It takes maturity to discipline your speech, especially when you're angry. You stump your toe. You hit your thumb with a hammer. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Let me tell you, it takes discipline not to swear. It takes discipline not to misuse God's name in profanity. It shows maturity and self-control by not doing that. But you know what? People use God's name to insult and express irritation all the time. If you go out in the real world tomorrow, you're going to hear it. But God says, don't do that. Number two, you can misuse God's name and you misuse God's name when you intimidate other people. Some people are pros at this. They say stuff like this. God told me what you need to be doing. Or God told me what's wrong with you. Or God told me for you to give me 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, okay. Dishonest TV evangelists do this all the time. They, they get on TV and they say, God told me to tell you to send $1,000 in or we're going to have to pull the plug. <laughs> well, pull the plug, man. You don't know, pull that plug. Don't, don't intimidate other people. God says that is misusing my name. Parents, we do this all the time. When you're at your wit's end and you're frustrated, you've, you've done everything you can with that kid through restrictions, through taking things away, through reducing their allowance, through spanking them. Finally, you pull out the big stick and you say, if you keep doing this, God's going to get you. That's intimidation. Spouses do this. Honey, I was praying last night and God told me to tell you to buy me a new Mercedes. (laughs) How in the world are you going to argue with God? It's intimidation. You, you You know what that's called in the world? Forgery. Forgery is when you use somebody else's name to get what you want. And there are a whole lot of spiritual forgers in the world who misuse God's name by saying, God told me. And you're supposed to say, well, if God told you, then I guess I need to do it. I would warn you about being careful speaking for God. Don't misuse his name that way. You can also use God's name impulsively. Impulsive means without thinking. This is one of the traps that so many of us, if not everybody in this room, Has fallen into. When you use God's name as a convenient expression for fear or anger or joy or amazement or surprise, my God, I just caught a 10-pound bass. Well, Mary's pregnant again. My Lord. I just split my pants. My God. Now, Can I just pause and tell you how hard it was for me to make those three statements out loud? Because you don't use God's name that way. You're reducing God to a level of a wow or a far out. Don't make God an exclamation point. God says, when you use my name, take it seriously. Don't use my name flippantly. George Bernard did a survey recently and found that 66% of Americans admit to having taken the Lord's name in vain. But everybody in this room and everybody watching online, including myself, is guilty of breaking this commandment. There are many, many different ways that we misuse the Lord's name other than swearing. And let me tell you something, folks. God is dead serious about this. Here are the top 10 commandments that he has given to mankind, the important things in life. And number three out of the top 10 is this, don't misuse my name. We're not talking about some minor issue here. In fact, if you go back and study this in the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 24, it explicitly says that if a person takes the name of the Lord in vain, they are immediately to be put to death. They are to be stoned. It is a capital offense. So I wonder how many of us would still be alive if we lived back then. Hmm? Don't kid yourself here. God says this is serious business. I will not tolerate my name being misused. When you cuss or misuse God's name... You are offending the creator of the universe. God says, don't mess with my name. It represents my reputation, my character, and my authority. You know what? When you laugh at somebody else who is misusing God's name, you are participating in their sins. God says, treat my name with respect. The fact is, probably everybody in this room needs to bow their head right now and apologize to God for misusing his name. Well, let's move on to something a little more positive. All right. Are you with me? Can you transition with me right here? Let's talk for a minute about how I can use God's name correctly. God promises blessings when you use his name correctly. In fact, there are promises galore that say, if you honor and revere my name, God says, I will bless you. Incredible blessings for the person who honors God's name. The person who takes God's name seriously. So here's what we are to do. We are to reverence God's name continually. That that needs to be on the forefront of our mind. Day in, day out, 24 hours a day, that we give reverence to the name of the Lord. Treat it with the utmost respect. Use it carefully and lovingly. Use it as an act of worship. Don't just let God's name slip out of your mouth flippantly. When you say God, you need to mean it in your heart. David helps us with this in Psalms 29, verse 2. Give to the Lord the glory that is due his what? His name. Honor God's name. I want to challenge you to, to speak up when somebody close to you is misusing the name of the Lord. And you're probably wondering, well, preacher... What, what in the world has this got to do with building strong families? I mean, you've entitled this series, Ten Values for Strong Families. How, how does commandment number three apply to this? Well, one of the number one places we need to work on our mouths is at home. We probably say more unkind things at home than we do anywhere else. Verbal abuse is rampant in families, today causing irreparable damage to relationships so here's what you need to do you need to work on this in your home you need to teach your children correctly when when growing up my three kids knew we did not misuse God's name they knew that there were certain words that they did not say in private or in public And if they used these words, they were going to incur not only the wrath of God, but also the wrath of mom and dad. And I think it may have took. I told the first service, I can remember the first time I cussed. Can can you remember the first time you used a profane word? Gary, I remember it so good because of what happened when I used this word. I don't remember exactly how old I was, 4 or 5 years old, something like that. Midland, Texas. Dad was at work. Mom was at home with my sister and I, and I don't my sister's my what? Do what she told me first? I was in the 1st grade? Really? So she remembers it too. This is getting good right here. My sister's 2 years older than I am, and so She came home that day, and she told me a word that she had heard. I had never heard this word before. It was really. We're going to get to Shreda here in a minute, but I had never heard this word, and it was an intriguing word. It sounded different. It sounded unique, and so I said it, and it sounded pretty cool coming off my tongue. So I can remember running down the long hallway saying this word over and over again. And guys, I, you know, I, Angie said not to say this because it's going to make you think of bad words, but whatever bad word you think of, this was the worst word you could say. <laughs> it was bad. And so I was running down the hallway, first grader, six years old, and I was, I was cussing like a sailor, saying this word over and over And out of my peripheral vision, I saw this blaze come by. And it was my 98-pound mama. And she just swooped me up and started beating me with her hand. I mean, it was just boom. The momentum just kept us going. Boom, boom, boom. And I was saying, stop it, mama. Why are you killing me? Boom, boom. That's 50-something years ago. I still have a bruise back here. <laughs> Mom, what would, why are you hitting me? Why are you killing me? She looked at me with this, this fury I've never seen in her eyes before. She said, Where did you hear that word? Sherita. <laughs> so my sister, Sherita, taught me that word. That was my only salvation. She dropped me right where I was, and my sister, Got it then. But Jason, she set us down after that and she gave us a 30 minute lecture about the words that we don't use. And that word was, you never say that word again. I'm about to turn 60. That word has never come out of my mouth again. You did good, Mama. (laughs) Parents, let me tell you, the time for teaching your kids is early. You need to set them down and teach them to revere the name of God always and never, ever put God's name with a curse word. Number two, represent God's name clearly. Look at 2 Timothy 2, verse 19. A person who calls himself a Christian should not be doing things that are wrong. That's out of the Living Bible, but I think it's a pretty good translation. Our lifestyle can misuse the name of the Lord. If you call yourself a believer, act like one. If you call yourself a Christian, don't drag Christ's name through the gutter of your lifestyle. Your walk needs to match your talk. And if you're a believer, you represent God. I I told you about that on occasions on the golf course when, when people would curse and then find out I'm a preacher. That's everywhere in life. I, I, I found that out on the shooting range, in, in cowboy action shooting. People who claim to be Christians and go to church have just as foul of a mouth as someone who doesn't claim to know Jesus Christ. And you know what? That just doesn't match. It doesn't go together. There are two reasons why a lot of people never come to Christ. Number one, they've never met a Christian. Number two, they've met a Christian who was a Christian in name only, whose life didn't back up what they called themselves, whose talk didn't back up the fact they were a believer. So if you claim to be a believer, a Christian, and you use God's name and aren't any different, you're a bad advertisement for God. God is going to hold you accountable for that. And the truth is, there are people around you every day watching you, and they are evaluating your speech and your actions. They're trying to check out to see if you're any different than they are. So guard your mouth. Guard your actions. As a Christian, you need to be careful about everything you say, even slang words. A lot of slang is just watered-down cussing. It's a substitute for profanity. So don't do it. Reverence God's name continually. Represent God's name clearly. And then number three, rely on God's name completely. Psalm 33, verse 21 says, No wonder we are happy in the Lord. We trust in His holy name. Church, there are hundreds of verses in the Bible that say that God has made promise after promise to those who honor His name. Whatever you do, you should do it in the name of the Lord. You should trust in the name of the Lord. Rely on the name of the Lord. Whatever you do should be done in the name of the Lord. Jesus said that. If you're going to do anything in my name, then I'm going to bless it. I will bless whatever you do in my name. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So why is it that we pray in the name of Jesus? Well, it's because you and I don't have the right to come to God on our own. God is perfect and holy, and you're not. You can't come into his presence on your own. I don't have any right on my own to come before God and say, God, would you give me this or would you grant this request? But I can do that through Jesus Christ. Jesus is my bridge. And Jesus says we are to pray in his name. I think it's a reminder to us that Jesus is the bridge and we can't come to God in our own strength or our own power we come in his power and by the grace of Jesus. Right. So let me just wrap all this up for you. I got some bad news, good news. Bad news is this. You're going to be judged by every idle word that you've ever spoken. Now that's just not preacher mumbo-jumbo. It's not Brother Will making something up. That's actually found in the Gospel of Matthew. It tells us that we will give an account For every idle word that we've ever spoken. I just had a thought. What if if we could go back in your mind and and compile all of the idle words that you have spoken and put them back here on the big screen? Yeek. Wow. No, don't do that. You with me? But God knows, He's got a list. And you're going to be judged by every idle word that you've ever spoken. That's the bad news. Good news is this you can be forgiven. That slate can be wiped clean. How? By trusting, get this, in the name of Jesus. A couple of verses Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Another verse, John chapter 20, verse 31. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. It's in the name of Jesus. You can pass from death to life. You can pass from judgment to forgiveness in the name of Jesus. And that's what every one of us needs. Are you alive? Raise your hand if you're alive. You need Jesus. You need his forgiveness in your life. Because let me tell you, all of us have sinned. When the verse says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory, it could go back to commandment number three. All of us have broken this commandment. All of us are sinners. All of us need to be forgiven. And Jesus is the one who can forgive us. How many of you, and you can show your hands, how many of you when you were kids, Used a, a bad word, a cuss word, as, as you swore, and your mom or your dad washed your mouth out with soap. Okay, this the older generation. That's something we might consider going back to. I don't know. I I said this. I said this in the first service, and I got corrected by half a dozen people afterwards. What I said was, you know what? That doesn't work. It doesn't work. I was corrected. Several of them come up and say, oh, it worked on me. Yeah. Just like that beating your mama gave you, that soap that I had to eat worked on me. But my point is this. It doesn't work because you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't clear it up just by washing your mouth out with soap because it's really not a mouth and tongue problem. It's a heart problem. So it's not really the mouth that needs to be washed out. It's the heart that needs to be washed out. Because it's whatever that's in here, it's going to come out here. And if you harbor anger and resentment and you're mean and you're mad and you're bitter all the time, when the world puts its squeeze on you, and it will, when something happens and squeezes you, guess what's going to projectile out? That trash that's in your heart. It's kind of like that tube of toothpaste you use it. Well, some of you used it this morning. When you squeeze that tube of toothpaste, what toothpaste came out because that's what's inside the, the, the tube. So let me ask you, what's inside of you right now? Is, is it anger and, and sin and bitterness and all kinds of bad stuff? Because if that's what's inside of you, that's what's going to come out your mouth. Why don't we change what's in the heart? And the only way that can be changed is through an encounter with Jesus Christ. He can change your heart. He can give that old, filthy heart a pretty good cleaning and make it a new heart. So that you have love and grace and mercy in your heart. And when the world puts its squeeze on you, that's what is going to come out. You see, swearing is not just a symptom that there is turmoil in my heart as much as it is that there is sin in my heart. And the way you clear it up is by getting a new heart. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so ultimately, the only way you can clean up your language, clean up your mouth, is by letting Jesus clean up your heart. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to pray for you that you would allow Jesus to do that right now. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I think today's a pretty good day to do it. If you're dealing with uh, problems in your life or sin, I think today is a good day to come and ask Jesus for cleansing and forgiveness and help. Whatever you need in your life, Jesus is more than adequate to meet that need. So heavenly father i pray right now that you would speak to hearts as only you can for the person who needs to come and accept jesus as their savior i pray that they would have the courage to step out and come to you publicly and confess you as lord of their life lord for others who are here they've just been struggling with day-to-day living and problems that just keep reoccurring in their life may they come and lay that at the foot of jesus Lord, for those of us who are raising kids and grandkids, may we come and ask for your help today and dedicate our lives and our families to you. Help us all, dear Lord, to learn today not to misuse your name. I lift up the name of Jesus right now, and I pray, dear Lord, that as we all do that, you would lift us up as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Praise team's going to sing. The altars are open if you'd like to come and pray. Would you come right now? As God leads you. to live for you help us to always glorify and revere your name for we ask it in the name of jesus and everybody said amen god bless you you can be seated amen well god's good is he not let's just don't misuse his name honor the name of jesus couple of things before we leave today. When you walk out, make sure you uh, give your tithe and offering. Put it in that little black box, or you can give online. Sherry, if we've got there, we have the, uh, the slide here with Steve. Steve is a, a good friend of ours. Uh, Steve comes to our church. Uh, he's been diagnosed with uh, liver cancer, and um, he's in critical condition. Uh, we're asking that you pray for Steve and... Uh, in the city of Spiro, they're having a spaghetti lunch for him today. It's from 12.30 to 3 at the high school, and also an auction is going on there. Uh, if you can, go by and, and uh, support Steve and his wife, Christy. I know they, they really need that, but also be praying for Steve. Jason and I were there this past week and, and prayed for Steve. He's, he's in critical condition at his home, so please pray for our brother, Steve. Uh, Tonight at 6.30, we're going to have Bible study online, Facebook Live, and uh, it's a cool Bible study. Uh, Jason and Joy are doing it. It's a pre-Father's Day lesson. We're going to be hearing the interview from a couple of dads here at Kavanaugh Church, so I'm really excited about that. Tune in tonight at 6.30. 7 o'clock on Wednesday, we're going to have Wednesday worship for all ages. Come back for that. And next Sunday... It's a big day. You know what next Sunday is? Come on. What is it? You know, for, why is that? We, Father, Father's Day. When I say Mother's Day, everybody shouts. Or, oh, Mama says, yeah. <laughs> next Sunday is Father's Day. Yeah. I confirm the gift I'm giving to you guys this, just this morning. I've, I'll have to tell you about it next week. But let me tell you guys, you're not going to be disappointed It's going to be an awesome gift, isn't it, Andy? It's going to be an awesome, awesome gift. But you need to be here, guys, next Sunday for the big gift. Are you with me? I can't do any better than that. God bless you. Have a great day. I love you. God loves you more. Father's Day next Sunday. Get out of here. (laughs)